Hi friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. It's just like I showed up to your house, bottle of wine in hand with like 45 to an hour of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like who doesn't want to do that? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry with the podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek. And normally I would save like what I'm about to talk about for the celebrity section of the podcast, but I literally cannot get that far without talking about it because I am in the middle of the Pamela, a love story documentary, and I am so overwhelmed. Like literally this woman just deserves the biggest apology from us as a society. Like what the fuck? And I literally almost missed recording the podcast because I got way too into this. So basically, um, you know, I just got home today. I had a really busy day. I've been uh, house sitting and dog sitting for my sister last couple days. And I, I don't I don't know about you guys. And I, I will say this. I think I, I've always been this way because I have been that bitch who like sneaks out of every fucking sleepover. Literally, like my best friends will confirm because um it, has, it was brought up as of recent that I would do this. I never liked staying at other people's houses and I always just wanted to be in my own space. And I noticed that, you know, with being gone, it was a very short amount of time and I'm not obviously like, I'm not trying to like <laughs> shit on me doing it. I'm just saying that like, I, I think I've become such a creature of habit and I have found these little things in my life that bring me certain joy, like my hot girl walk path and... I don't know, just being home, sitting on my couch, like, I don't know. It's just really interesting to me because I never thought I would care that much about where I was in, in, you know, apartment, city, like any of that stuff. And it's just so crazy as you get older. And I know I'm saying here like, I'm 30, I'm so old. But it's just crazy to me as you get older, people say this, that like your just priorities totally change and your life totally changes. And it's just been so incredible to watch, you know, people in my life as well as myself just grow so much over these last couple years and especially for me last year. And I am watching Pamela and I'm literally like kind of watching this woman almost saying the same thing like that, you you know, you're watching her grow and all these things that happen to her. It's you guys you have to fucking watch this shit. Like, I'm literally not done. And I'm like, it's on in the background for me right now. I'm not playing, obviously, but the screen's up because I just press pause. I'm like, bitch, you need to do the fucking podcast. The people are here to listen. And how dare you rob them? And I just, oh, my God, I am, am blown away. And there's just so much that you just don't realize. And I'm so glad that she did this. I mean, she doesn't owe us anything, right? Like, she doesn't fucking need to tell us shit. Like, whatever. But it's just like... I'm glad that she's getting to tell her own story. And it's just so sad to watch like all of these interviews like we didn't realize like growing up, you know, like I wanted to be a television interviewer. Right. So I watched all these like shows, MTV, like all of these great interviews that I thought were great with air quotes. You see, Um, (laughs) you can't see because we're on the podcast. And you really look at what they're asking. I just can't believe how many questions were like about her boobs and like, you know, just it was just so crazy to watch. And then like the trial thing, like they literally got the sex tape. You know, I I don't think I knew much about the situation. I just knew the sex tape got leaked. And I was like, 
I think because by the time I really understood what was happening, like we had the Internet so hardcore and everything was getting leaked. Like I didn't realize how, you know, it literally got like the safe got stolen from their house. And you just feel so bad for her because it's so true. Like her career just got totally like tanked. And then they make this show about her and she doesn't even get profits from it. You know what I mean? And they talk about that in in the in this documentary about how she was actually like really poor like she was like in a bunch of debt and she didn't really make that much money and she jokes and she says you know uh a a lot of people made money off me and isn't that just so horrible and then okay i'm sorry i'm jumping around but watching her go through the court case or like relive the court case stuff with the sex tape so you know it gets stolen whatever they're trying to fight it being released and then she had already suffered a miscarriage she was pregnant at the time and they're just like basically proving a point that because she posed for playboy that like they didn't owe her shit and it's just like really crazy I just watched an interview so obviously I watched Megan and Harry we talked about that but then I also watched the Michael Strahan interview with him with Harry and I just think it's so crazy to me that you know uh Harry says you know the media thinks that or the the people think that we like they own us right because because we're the royal family they own us and it was almost like Pam saying something similar but different obviously where it's like because I post her playboy naked everybody is entitled to see me naked and that's just such a horrible mindset because I think that you know she she talks about like that was a very empowering time for her to do playboy and I strongly believe that any woman should be able to do anything with their body and then it's not anyone else's choice to like hold them to this crazy standard like oh you did playboy and i i paid to see your vagina so now i can see it whenever i want like no absolutely not and just to see like the downfall of her relationship and she's just like this little hopeless romantic which you know we all can relate to most of us by i don't know about you all but i can you know just wanting to be in love and you know she's just talking about how she doesn't think she would ever really love anyone other than Tommy. And she says this quote, I sorry about the rumblings. I had to grab my phone. Uh, And she said, you've got to be brave to be in love. And I just think that is so beautiful and so true. And I talk about this a lot because, you know, obviously I myself have gone through some breakups here on the podcast, but also just like dating in general and everything. And, you know, I always talk about one day it's going to be worth it. And one day it's going to be like you're going to find the right person and all these heartbreaks and all this shit along the way, like it's all going to make sense and it's all going to be worth it because you found your person. And I think that's the similar concept of like it's it's so much and I don't want to say it's easy to get out there and be loved or anything like that, but it's it's easier to to not put yourself out there, like not putting yourself out there is safe. Not putting yourself out there is protecting yourself. And I understand like we need to like do things when we are ready, like do not push yourself too hard, like know when it's your time. But, you know, it is it's brave to know the outcome like, hey, I'm dating somebody and one of two things is going to happen. We're either going to we're going to work and this is going to be the person for me or I might have to deal with another heartbreak and we do it anyways. We do it anyways because it's all going to be worth it. And she says that um, in in 
I can't remember. I didn't write down her direct quote, but she talks about like, you know, I'd rather, you know, try to be in love than, you know, be alone or whatever. And right now she's talking about uh, being in love with herself. And it's very the Miley Cyrus flowers era that we're living in right now. So I think this is like a really good documentary to come out in this generation, in this era. One to remind us of those of us who like grew up with this to remind us that like this was wrong and this was like not the way women should be treated or anybody should be treated. And secondly, you know, just this being yourself and owning your confidence and, you know, all all those for like a younger generation to kind of see like this woman saying she's like, you know, I'm going to I'm in my 50s. I'm going to go do Chicago on Broadway. And you're just like so proud of her for like doing her shit. So anyways, I I just have to say, like, I mean, I love drawing inspiration through people. That's kind of, I'm like a people person, obviously. So watching documentaries always just kind of like hits me hardcore in the feels. But wow, the Pamela one is really fucking getting me, which was so unexpected. There's been a few times I thought I was going to start like sobbing. And, and that also shouldn't surprise anybody because we know I'm a crier. But uh, yeah, anyways, I had I had to start there. I have it in my notes in the celebrity section, but I just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a nine o'clock bedtime kind of girly, but I'm about to stay up and fucking finish the shit because it's so, it's so good. Ugh, I love it. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Changing the tune. Uh, so I had a fabulous weekend on Saturday. I had a full Livermore tour, a Livermore extravaganza, if you would. And uh, so I went out with a slew of the friends of the podcast. Um, You know, Jenna, she gets mentioned on here a lot. She's kind of a low key. I'm sorry, what celebrity? Um, Her sister Gabby is also one of my favorite humans. And then um, her fiance, Rich, Jenna's husband, Sergio, Um, Jenna's sister-in-law. I was super excited to get to spend time with her. And it was just like it was a literal family affair. The way I have always felt like I am a part of their family, even though I am not, it's just so great. And, you know, I feel that way with a lot of my friends and parents. And I feel like they always like just take me in and treat me with so much like love and care. And, And that's just like the epitome. Like that's just like such a good feeling of friendship when you're kind of feel almost more like family, you know? So anyways, it was just like such a really fun time. We did quite the tour of Livermore. Started at Myriad as well. As you know, um, I am a classy member there. I uh, love, love, love going to visit that property. And then we went to McGrail, Three Steves. Then we went to Altamont Brewing Company. And then we went to Almost Famous Winery. And like, you guys, I do not... um, go out that often anymore. Like I listen, I will always love drinking. I just don't do it to that capacity that often. And on Sunday I was like, am I dead? Is this like, is this 30? Like I literally cannot recover from shit, but it was genuinely worth it. And I have to tell you the story. It's, um, just so great. So we're at Altamont and obviously I'm with Jenna. Jenna and I are high school sweethearts, if you would. Um, <laughs> middle school sweethearts. We met in eighth grade. Uh, we were best friends all throughout high school. And then we run into two other guys, um, one of them who works at Altamont and then another friend of ours that we all went to high school together. And I was absolutely dying because obviously we know Jenna's married. Um, the guy who works there, he had just got married and the other guy was engaged and it was the four of us standing there just like catching up. And he's like, look at us, like, look at all of us, like getting married and getting engaged. And I was like, oh my, yeah, you're right. Look, 
look at us. Look at look at all of us getting engaged. Like, it's fine. And he was like, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, Ashley. He's like, you know, we're just like at the age where this is happening for all of us. And I was like, mm-hmm. we are at the age where everybody is, is getting married. And um, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like Kendall Jenner when she's on Hailey Bieber's um, podcast or YouTube show or whatever it is. And she's like, nobody proposed to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's so it's so fine. You guys, it's fine. I don't need to be engaged. Um, Actually, Miley told me that I could buy myself my own flowers. And one time I accidentally bought my own engagement ring. So, you know, what? I'm thriving, actually. So it's it's fine. Somebody somebody call for me. Uh, so anyways, but it, overall, it was just such, it was such a great day. So what I needed, I think I just, um, you know, it was a long, it's been a long health journey. I'm not even going to say it's over, but it's been like kind of stressful. And I just needed a weekend with people that I felt, you know, overly comfortable with and could just have some wine and enjoy fucking Livermore because, you know, underrated, underrated is in Livermore. Like I just, you know, you, when you grow up somewhere, you're just kind of like, whatever. And then you leave and you come back and you're like, wait, this place is a shit. And I, I really, truly had a great time. And I really, truly was a lot drunker than I thought. Um, you know, a little bit of Smashly. She she's allowed to like break out of her shell every once in a while. I just want you to know that she was on her best fucking behavior, though, because I have been so good about not drunk texting men. I really feel like like I said, Ashley Smashly also went to therapy and I feel like we are just both thriving. And I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, please do not blow up the otter's phone, you absolute psychopath. And I didn't. And that's on growth. OK, anyways. You guys, let's talk about what wasn't fun this weekend. And that was the motherfucking 49ers game. You guys, of course, we're sports cornering this shit up because when it comes to sports drama, when it comes to the Real Housewives of San Francisco, the fucking game on Sunday. Listen, bitches, if you didn't watch this shit, this was drama with a capital D. OK, so first of all, we're all like the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, like, you know, right? Like they're going to win this fucking game. Fuck the Eagles. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that's the vibe. Actually, when I was watching the Fox Sports pregame show, no one was picking the Niners. And I was like, how? This is the story of a lifetime. How is everybody not rooting for Purdy right now? This little angel, sweet angel baby from the heavens above. Like, how is everybody not as in love with him as I am? But whatever. Also, I will say this. I want to preface this by saying that the Eagles quarterback is fucking sexy as hell. OK, so listen, Brock Purdy is a little angel baby. This guy was hot and they are similar ages, but it was just it was different. This guy was like, I watched a pregame interview with the other quarterback and I almost I almost switched teams like not only because he was like good looking, which obviously wouldn't relax 49ers fans. OK, like calm down. But all I'm saying is the way this guy didn't give a fuck to be on this interview was just so fun to me. It was kind of like the way I used to love Jim Harbaugh. I used to love Jim Harbaugh because he didn't give a fuck. He Jim Harbaugh really kicked off the daddy coaching era for me. And so, you know, he'll always hold a very special place in my heart. But Kyle Shanahan for life. Um, but anyways, OK, let's go back to my sweet little angel baby Purdy. So in case you don't know the hot goss. So we had everybody's favorite like pretty fucking boy Jimmy Garoppolo as our quarterback. This guy's smoking hot, but like I'm not that impressed. I feel in my Shania Twain era like that don't impress me much. I've just been like, whatever. He's like out here fucking porn stars, whatever. Right. So this guy gets hurt. 
And then they had another backup quarterback. Then he gets hurt. And then that's when we brought in sweet angel baby Purdy. And so we've watched this kid, you know, this little boy who's just in the corner of his fucking college frat party texting his girlfriend. We watch him like go to the big stage, you know, and he is winning these games. He's calm, cool and collected, whatever. So then, you know, he's coming to the playoff game and like what a fucking story. What a drama. What a drama. Like this little nugget in his first motherfucking season is like going to like potentially go to the Super Bowl. What a dream. And he just looks like the literal angel on top of your Christmas tree. I just can't get over it. So, you know, we get into the game. But actually, let me start here. Before the game even started, shit was getting spicy on the field. There was like some shit talking going down. And I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be fucking lit. Because like to me, listen, as as an athlete, as a retired athlete, no game was better than the game when I was like, I have a vendetta against this bitch on the team. And like the fun thing about me, um, not to talk about me in the sports segment, however, I, I was an athlete and I did win awards, so I am qualified to talk about myself. So I <laughs> when I played, I was like very confusing because I wore my hair in a signature side ponytail with a big ass bow. Like I did it before Jojo Siwa and I think she owes me some fucking money. And I said what I said and I stand by it. So anyways, um, I looked like this little innocent girl and I was so nice. I was always chatting with the girls on the team. I would be like, oh my God, you know, how was your drive down? Like, how was your drive from fucking Cal or whatever, you know? And then, and then I would fuck them up <laughs> and then I would fuck them up. And then I would still, as we line up, I'd be like, Okay, so you said you're studying um, kinesiology. Like, that's really cool. It must be really hard with all those classes. Whistleblow. I'm like fucking stepping on her feet and shit. Like, I just I was I was confusing. I was confusing because I just really I did want to make friends, but I also wanted to win and I was aggressive. But if somebody decided to step to me, oof, girl, I remember the first specific time that somebody talked shit to me. Like, I'll never forget. I was playing Montefaca Vista. And if you're from the Bay Area, you already know they had this like un, like their, their field just looked like it was a horse race. And you're like, nobody cares about you. So I was playing and the goalie could, like started talking shit. And what happened was not to unlock my own personal trauma here on the podcast, but I had this coach. I will never forget him. And he used to look just like my ex Jimmy's dad, which is why I knew I was not going to fucking like that man. And I still don't to this day. But he told me like I was the captain. This is my sophomore year and I was getting like moderately OK, you know, like not great, but like, you know, I was coming into my own and he decided to be like, you don't deserve to be captain. You don't, aren't that good. Like, I guess in his weird way, he was trying to motivate me, as I think how my dad put it. But unfortunately for him, um, my dad was also a coach. So then when I went and was like crying and I was like, oh, my God, Dennis told me basically I'm not shit. Yeah, his name was Dennis. I wish I remember his last name. I fucking look him up and be like, hi, I have a very successful podcast now. And I dragged your ass to the ground like, fuck you. I don't think he was motivating me at all. I think he just like had a vendetta against me that day and was just like, you suck, like literally told me I sucked. And I was like, what 
in the world. Like he was too fucking old and jaded to be coaching. You know what I mean? Some old guys, they're fun. Some old guys are like, listen, I'm just trying to relive the glory days for life. This old man was like, no, I here's this like fucking, I don't know, 14 year old. How old are you when you're a junior or a sophomore in high school? I have no fucking idea. But he's like, I'm going to rip this bitch apart. And I was like, what? What? And then my dad was like, channel that rage. And I was like, all right. So I go in there. I channel my rage. I score a goal. And the goalie was like, you guys need a blocker. She's not even good. And I was like, you and me, we're you and me, we're having a problem. By the way, this fucking little girl with a goddamn bow in her hair is like, oh, sorry, you want to talk shit? Goalie, like, let's go. And I scored on her four times that day. And I will never forget. And she was mad every fucking time. And I was like, you need to not tell me that I am not shit. Like, I will destroy you. So anyways, that's the competitive side of me. Um, Let's go back to her nice, calm and humble self. So back to sweet angel baby Brock Purdy. So there's beef before this game and then we're watching and then this little snake on the um, Eagles and I call him a snake Kim Kardashian Taylor Swift style like he probably isn't really a snake and maybe he'll come out with his own album but right now he's snaky as fuck to me he's number seven and the otter told me I should learn his name if I'm gonna have a vendetta against him and I said I don't need to he's number seven on the Eagles I was at the earthquakes on the Eagles and I don't fucking like him he hurt my sweet boy and I'm mad about it so he like comes in and um you know whatever sacks him which I just I really feel like we should replace that word as a society but whatever um so he sacks Purdy and now Purdy's out and I'm like I did not just put my whole fucking heart and soul into giving a fuck about this kid for this to happen so then they pull in now we're on our fourth string quarterback okay and he's in there and he's kind of fucking up, you guys. But like, you know what? I, you got to feel bad for him. OK, because he's the four string core QB. And, you know, I get it. Like when you look at it in perspective, you, if you're good enough to get into the NFL, you should be good. Right. But this guy's on on the biggest stage. Like we're in the fucking, um, you know, I mean, not the biggest stage, obviously, like he wasn't on Glee. But, you know, he's literally out here, you know, trying to get to the Super Bowl. And he kind of made a few mistakes. But it's like, you know, and then if, put it this way. The guy before him comes in and does this immaculate job and doesn't fuck up. So now he's like got all this stress and he didn't think he was going to go in. The season's almost over. He was just riding the bench, you know, with the classiest of us. So anywho, this guy comes in and then he gets a fucking concussion. And then they're like, what the F are we going to do? So then Purdy comes back in, but of course he can't throw the ball. And then it's just like tragic because honestly, for me watching the same play over and over again in football is boring. There's a rumor they were going to put Christian McCaffrey in as QB. And I was like, let's spice this shit up. Like, put that bitch in. Like, you know, everybody was like, somebody has to be able to throw a ball. I'm like, why don't we put the hiker in, um, which is technically the center. But I call it the hiker. And I think that he can throw a ball backwards. He can probably throw a ball forwards. Right. Like, I don't understand why we weren't just switching shit up for fun, you know. And who's going to tackle him? I'm sure that dude's a big boy. The, the center that's gotta be that's like I saw the center for one of the other teams because they're brothers and I don't know which is which but there's two brothers playing in the Super Bowl now and they have a podcast and they seem really fun but they're both big boys and one of them's a center so I'm just making an assumption here and um or the hiker however you want to say it and you know I just I just got really um I just thought it would be fun to for us to switch it up but can you talk about the fucking drama like the injuries upon injuries and then Purdy having to come back and, and you know, 
tried to be a, a, a hero and it and, and then he tore something in his arm now. Could be out for six months, could be out for a year. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Because here's the thing about me with sports is like I like to pick a player and commit to them. It's been Steve Young, Joe Pawlowski. Um, I liked, oh my God, what was his name? There was a guy on the Giants I was obsessed with because he was so snarky in interviews and I like loved him. Oh my God, I'm so bad at falling in love with people because I can never remember their names. Um <laughs> I um anyways at least Steve Young and Joe Pawlowski we will stop there right now I like the number eight apparently and uh you know I was looking for someone to like give me a little life something to believe in someone to fall in love with again and I fall in love with this little purdy nugget and then he fucking gets hurt and I'm like I don't know what to do with that information oh Alden Smith was someone I used to love and then he like yelled bomb in an airport and got arrested a bunch of times it's like why can't I just pick a good man you know I really Steve Young and Joe Pawlowski, those are good choices for me. But I just feel like I really shit the bed after that. And it's been it's been tough. It's been tough. So anyways, it was it was a it was a it was a tough weekend in sports. So between the hangover and the, um, you know, the, the sad sports, it was a rough one. Am I excited for the Super Bowl still? No fucking shit. Rihanna's going to be there. Listen, I am, you know, always excited for the performer but Riri is just a different fucking level for me it's just like I saw her live in concert and I swear to god it changed my life and when I saw her I was being such a spoiled little fucking brat I was like I mean I guess I'll go see Rihanna like I really didn't think anything of it I go see Rihanna and I'm like what in the fucking privileged fuck were you thinking like honest to god I think I've cussed more in this episode than I probably have in all of them. And I am so sorry about that. I I don't know what I think I'm raged about Pamela and it's just like it's it's unleashing something inside of me. And I'm really sorry. I'm going to try to tone it down. I'm going to try to back it up. Unfortunately, I have to go to bed. So this is another no edit episode. But um, honestly, most of them have been no edit episodes. So like, oops. Um, But anyways, I I saw Rihanna and it was like, honestly, I imagine what it, what Christians feel when they go to church or something. And they like throw their arms out and they're like, oh, my God, I've been seen by the Lord. Like, let him in. That's how I felt seeing Rihanna. I just felt like the baddest bitch alive. Genuinely. I remember rolling out of that concert with like an unknown confidence that probably I shouldn't have had. But I did. And it's all thanks to Rihanna. So to see her back on a stage. Oh, chef's kiss. I can't wait. And if you're asking me who I'm rooting for, I think I'm still going to root for the Eagles. And I know that's a controversial opinion. But, um, you know, I was talking to the Autorathus as well. And I was like, I don't know if I like Patrick Mahomes, but I I I don't want to hate him because I said I, I just don't really I think his wife and his brother are annoying. And the Otter told me that those aren't good reasons to not like somebody, which he is true. That is correct. That's facts on facts. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I what I do think is really cool is that there are two um, there's two siblings in the Super Bowl and there's two black quarterbacks. And I think that's really cool. And I think, honestly, if I'm rooting for the Eagles, it's got to be because their quarterback was so cool. Like, I just wanted to hang out with him. I just wanted to talk to him and be his friend. And um, I just I thought he was awesome. I think the new Gen Z QBs are just like, we don't give a fuck. Am I upset that Joe Burrows didn't go to the um, Super Bowl? Yeah, I am. The t- neither of the teams I wanted to go win. I'm like, did I curse this because I got so into it? But, you know, wrapping up with the Super Bowl in two weeks or whatever, I just have to say it's been very exciting getting into sports again. Um, not like again, but, you know, getting into football specifically like hardcore. I think I'm going to be a menace to society next year because I'm going to start in the beginning and be like really into it. Maybe someone will finally put me on their fantasy football. I would like to be on fantasy football and I'd like to 
pick all the daddy coaches as my team. And I don't know why no one wants me to like play with like on their fantasy football teams. I've never I've been asked one time and that was, you know, many, many moons ago. And I played with my cousins. It was like at that one moment where we all had partners. And I say the one moment because it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. There's four of us. Everybody's married except for me. And at this time, I was like dating Jimmy. And I think Jillian had just started dating Matt and um, or they had been together for a while or they were engaged. Honestly, who knows? But there was this, this moment where like, oh, my God, all all four granddaughters are with men. And I was like, I'm in the pack finally. And then obviously that didn't work out. So maybe my inability to keep a man is the other reason I can't keep a fantasy football team. But we'll see. So anyways, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can buy myself flowers. <laughs> Hi friends, I am so excited about a new segment on the podcast called Ask Ashley. This isn't totally new in the world of Ashley Sleek Incorporated, of course, because my very first blog I had was called Ask Ashley and I absolutely love doing it and I'm so excited to be bringing it to the podcast. But the only way it has mad success is if you all share your juicy questions with me. So please submit your questions. You can do it anonymously on my Instagram at Ashley Sleek, Ashley with two E's of course. Click the link in my bio and there's a Google form. I promise you it is anonymous because listen, maybe I try to sneakily see if I can see who submitted questions. I cannot. So please, please, please submit there. Or if you don't care about being anonymous, you can submit via your email on my website at ashleysleek.com. I am so excited to hear your questions and I love you so much. Okay, bye. The way that I have to keep resisting singing flowers in my head. I just love Miley Cyrus so much. Anywho. Okay, so I got an Ask Ashley and I just thought it was a really interesting and kind of new topic. So the question was, hey, Ashley, love the pod. Hi. Thank you. Um, I got in a little scuffle in the workplace and I'm trying to figure out how to handle it. You know, everything in me kind of wants to pop off, but I know that's not professional. So how would you handle the situation? So um, I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly what it, what has happened, but let me say this. I think it's so, so important in any kind of confrontation to present yourself in a way that you're going to be proud of. And I think that's something that I always try to remember because it's hard when someone's getting at you. And I want I preface this by saying that I learned this the hard way when I worked in radio, like the level of professionalism for me was very low. Like I remember screaming at my boss. Um, <laughs> I don't know how she still loves me, but she does. I remember like screaming, crying like <laughs> perfect storm, as Taylor would say. Um, and you know, I just in every time I came out of one of those situations, first of all, I was like, how did I not get fired? But also I was like, I just didn't feel like myself. And I think in the workplace, it's really hard because you're constantly being judged, right? Like your work's being evaluated, you know, you're being looked at for promotions and raises and all these things. And, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion in, in work and in life. Like everybody's going to have an opinion of you. So how you, um, you know, have an opinion, your opinion of yourself is the most important and just stay true to that. Try so hard to stay calm. I think that if you feel comfortable talking to them one on one with the person that you have a conflict with, I think that's important. But honestly, one of the mistakes that I feel like I've made when it comes to having bigger confrontations 
in the workplace is not having another person there because then it's always your word against their word and all this stuff. And so if you are, if it's not your manager that you're feuding with, I would invite your manager. I would tell your manager right away about the conflict. That is also key. Getting ahead of the story is so important. I think just being open and honest, like, hey, you know what? I have to be honest with you. I fucked up on this project. Um, you know, Bill from accounting is really fucking upset and he wants to like talk about it. And I really want to be open with him. But I I just think I need, you know, some support there with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, taking a step further and don't be afraid to include HR. Listen, if I was HR, I'd be all about this kind of drama. It's like I don't want to always deal with like benefits, you know, and hiring people like I want to conflict manage every once in a while. So bring him in. It's their fucking job. But I just think that like as I'm getting older, I'm just learning because, you know, uh, you get retold stories that you're a part of and you're like, oh, wow, that that is not how I thought that shit went. So I think it's important to have an uh, an unbiased third party in there with you or, you know, your own manager, because at the end of the day, like, you know, your opinion of yourself is number one, but your manager is the only one who's going to get you like really in trouble and they're going to be the one who's going to have your back. So I think it's important to include them unless they are the person that you're having beef with. Then I think you should go to HR. But I think that if you feel that it is a problem that should be talked about, like I said, one of the other things I would, I like I said, bring somebody with you. But one of the other things I would recommend is writing that shit out first, like burn book the fuck out of that shit, like ro- absolutely roast them in your journal because you are going to need to stay so calm, cool and motherfucking collected. And the thing is, is that everybody fights different. And there will be people who, when they feel like you are, especially when you start to prove them wrong, like they are going to do anything to make you look bad. And so you are going to have to stay so calm. So I think the best thing you can do is kind of write out for yourself best and worst case scenarios. Say everything you wish you could say to them on that paper and just stay calm. Express how you're feeling. Make sure you use I terms. Make sure you use facts, you know, um, and really like lay out the situation and, you know, go in there with a clear head. And at the end of the day, this is just a job. And I think that is the most important thing. This is something I tell myself often, like um, when I'm at work, is that this is my job. I'm here to do my job. I want to do a good job. What's important to me at work is doing work that I'm proud of and maintaining healthy relationships. Those are my two key in when I am in the workplace that are very important to me. And so if somebody else is, you know, affecting that negatively, if I feel that needs to be addressed, I will address. But at the same time, if I feel like this is something that, you know, what, honestly, I'm just going to kind of ignore it and do my thing. That's another option. So, you know, it's just try really hard to stay calm. I think writing it out before is really helpful. And just having your own little mantra when you go in is is great. So it sucks. Honestly, you have to remember that we're all human beings trying to get a fucking job done and we all have things going on outside of our work life. So sometimes just things trigger us that we're not expecting, you know, and so we freak out and sometimes we take it out on unsuspecting people. And it's just important to try to breathe your way through it and not take it, you know, too personal or to heart. And I also have to stress this. I cannot stress this enough. It is so important to have a, a, a life outside of your work, because if your work becomes your whole support system, all your coworkers are your only friends, you know, um, you're staying late at work, you're waking up early to go to work, if that, and you're not having social time or you time outside of that, like, 
it is going to feel like when these things happen, it's really the end of the world and you are going to completely over fucking react. I promise you, I've seen it a hundred times. I've done it myself. When I worked in radio, that was my whole fucking life. It's one of my biggest regrets. But, you know, obviously it's one of those things that obviously I look back and I try not to live with regret. I just try to learn from everything. And, and one of the things that I learned was I threw my whole life into this job and I made it everything. So then when small little things happen, I felt like it was the end of the fucking world. But in reality, it wasn't. I don't even have that job anymore and I'm absolutely thriving. So, you know, anywho, hope that was helpful. Um, OK, Hi. Um, I have, so today when the podcast is released is Wednesday, I have a date with the otter tonight. I'm very excited. Uh, we are, he's coming over and I am going to make dinner and he's going to make drinks, which was a very funny, um, conversation. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I could make us margaritas. We could have taco night. And he's like, you know, maybe I should make the margaritas. And I was like, yes, you, the person who's bartended for like so long, should absolutely be the one making the margaritas and not fucking me. Like, yes. I mean, listen, do I think I make a mean margarita? 1000%. But that's because I think that the margarita mix from Trader Joe's, which apparently they don't have anymore, is an absolute slay. So, I mean, it's fine. But I am really excited to see him. So we've had a couple phone conversations. I just think things are going really like fun and well and light and breezy. And it was really interesting because I was talking to a girlfriend today about, um, you know, she was dating someone. I didn't end up working out and she's, you know, upset. And she was like, I feel like, you know, I kind of feel like I was, you know, a doormat um, in this relationship. And I was like, I don't I don't think so. I was like, I think that you really gave it your all and you know it didn't work out and that's okay and you know it's hard because sometimes you're like god I wish I would have seen this sooner blah 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 but what I was talking to her about was I was like you know think back to like all your friendships it it took me years to realize that some people were like too toxic for me right and with all those like life lessons and with friendships and all these things like I I can spot somebody who's probably not going to be a good friend pretty easy now, right? Like not like I'm sure I'm going to make a thousand more mistakes, but there are things that I can see now. And it's kind of, and it's the same with dating, you know, as you're dating and meeting new people, you're kind of realizing like, oh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I noticed that this is, is a flag for me. I noticed that this isn't something I'm looking for, you know? And she brought up because I brought up friends. She was like, you know what? That is so interesting. And this is another good point is that when you are meeting somebody new, as a friend, you are not worried about the future with them. When you go out and meet a friend, you are not like, oh my gosh, are we going to be best friends forever? I'm so worried that we're not going to be best friends forever. And and I was like, oh my God, that is so true. At least in my experience and hers, I feel like it's probably very similar for us. We meet friends and we're just like, oh my God, this is such a fun friend. Or like, I talk about this all the time with bachelorette parties. I'm like, I meet bitches left and right at batches. And I'm like, I fucking love this girl. Like, I hope I see this girl again. And, but I'm not worried about it. So that is like a very like good way of looking at dating. Like it is just someone that you're getting to know. And you don't like, when you spend too much time worrying about the future, it's kind of like, it takes the fun out of it, right? So that was like a really good, and listen, I'm probably never going to not worry about the future, but it's a good grounding technique, like a good kind of saying for myself to ground myself back of like, you're just having fun. And right now I'm having so much fun getting to know the otter and I'm really excited to, you know, kind of just like see where it goes. It's been really um 
like great conversation so far. We've like talked on the phone, like I said, and, um, you know, it's it's funny. And I don't know, maybe one day I'll let him listen to the podcast, but he hasn't. And I believe him. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be it's just going to be really fun. And I'm just excited, you guys. Honestly, genuinely, I'm genuinely just excited to see this guy again. And I think that's just really fun. And it just feels like as much as I try to stress myself out about it, like I think I'm just getting better and better about enjoying the process, like, you know, and just enjoying getting to know somebody that I think is, you know, good looking and funny and nice and kind. And um, yeah, one time he was like worried about what I talked about him on the pod, like not worried. He was just like, oh, did you like, you know, what, what, how do you present me on the podcast or whatever? And I was like, I can't have you listen because I'm a fucking simp nation over here. So like you don't get to listen because I'm embarrassed. I am. I'm embarrassed. She's a simpy simp and somebody come get her. Just come get her. But in reality, it's I don't think it's actually that embarrassing. I'm just genuinely enjoying my time with somebody. And I think that's really nice. And honestly, like not to be that bitch, but I think I fucking deserve it. Like, I think that this has been, you know, such a long journey of me, like coming into my own. And I'm proud and I'm excited to just like have fun right now. And, you know, um, maybe it will work out. And maybe next time I run into um a group of people from high school and they're all like, isn't it so great that we're all getting engaged? I'll be like, you know what? Maybe me too someday. <laughs> um, but anyways, OK, so um, listen, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here on the I'm sorry what moment. And I was like, should I talk about this? Should I not? But then again, this is my podcast and we all know I, I talk about poop. We all know I have Crohn's. But I was just sitting in there in the bathroom today, just sitting in there. I was just sitting in the bathroom today at work, absolutely horrified because I had to poop. And, you know, I'm in all the stalls. I literally, you guys, I like missed not a whole meeting. I like was late to a meeting because I was like having such a struggle shit. And I had to text my manager and I was like, hey, sorry, a call that I'm on went long. So I'm going to be a little late. And then I texted my coworker and I was like, honestly, I'm shitting in the bathroom. But I like, you know, I don't know what level my, uh, you know, I'm forming a pretty good relationship with my manager now. But I like, you know, she's like new to me. And I just I don't know if she would think that's funny. But like I was having such a struggle shit. And I was just sitting in the bathroom and I was like, you know, how do we normalize this as a society? Because I was like so embarrassed. I think that was the other reason it was so hard for me to poop because I was like, someone's going to hear the droplets and I'm just going to be fucking horrified. Right. But I was like, we pee, you know, like as human beings, we like pee and nobody like bats an eye. So how do we just like be able to take a poop in a bathroom and not like not worry about like hearing a big thud in the toilet. You know what I mean? And we should normalize toilet farts too because they come out. This is... <laughs> I just was like sitting there and, you know, I, I do work from home most of the time. So this isn't like an issue. But, you know, and it, listen, if you're going to tell me that you work from home and you've never taken a call while pooping, like, I don't believe you. I just genuinely don't believe that. Like, I totally would have just joined the call on speaker on like um on speaker but um you know video camera off like you got to check your camera off a few times if you're going to like you know take a teams meeting while you're dropping the team off at the pool I didn't like that joke but I'm not I'm going to leave it and um yeah anyways I just I think we should just as a society make people feel better about um about pooping I just I think we're getting there the poop emoji got really impressive but 
I don't know how we start this, but if I can start one revolution here on the I'm Sorry What podcast, um, it is it is that. I think that we should be able to um, poop in peace. Poop in peace. Should that be the name of the episode? I don't know. Honestly, you guys, I've been having the hardest time naming the episodes. I feel like I just really overthink it. And pooping in peace does sound funny, but I'm, I won't do it. But, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I want to be like, this is the Pamela Anderson, you know, stand podcast, which I know I did that with Brittany. And I feel like it's just a good time overall. And honestly, I like that I'm having this discussion with you on the podcast. Um, Can't wait to see. I'm like, this is normally the conversation I have with myself after the podcast, but I'm just going to have it live on here with you all. So anyways, I love you all so much. I got to go, babes. It's it's 9 p.m. I got to go to bed. Um, But also, I just want to say that, you know, I had the really awesome um, blessing a couple of years ago. Was that 2020 now? I think so. Yeah, because or 2021, I had this really great um, experience of having a good friend of mine, Stevie, on the podcast. I loved our episode. It was so fun. And, you know, unfortunately, Stevie is dealing with some health problems. And, um, you know, I have his GoFundMe page linked in my bio on um, Instagram and TikTok. So, um, you know, if you have anything to give, if you could donate, um, like I said, it's linked in my bio at Ashley Sleek on all platforms. Um, And it's just, you know, I if you have never listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it. It's so fucking amazing. And I love it so much. And he was such a great guest. And, you know, obviously I stopped having guests on the podcast, um, which, you know, I think it's been a a really fun experience to do this all with just me and you you guys as well or you all. Um, But I, I loved having him on the podcast. He is just such a bright star. He's one of those people that you instantly feel comfortable around. And I just think that's such a special quality and trait to have. And, you know, I honestly, we like crossed paths in the night of working at the radio station. We didn't actually work together, which is which is so crazy because like I feel like I knew him, you know, for all this time. And we definitely don't get to talk enough. And um, I just have so much love for him. And I'm so grateful that he spent any time on the podcast here. So if we can give back to him at all the way he gave to all of us with that amazing episode, it would be really great. So um, let's again check that link in the bio. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all so incredibly much. Like you are my absolute lifeline angels. Thank you for getting me through my purdy disappointment in the 49ers. And thank you for listening. And I am so excited to talk to you all next week. Okay, bye.